0: and the planet just a little more. Hey everyone, welcome to this week's episode of Air and Earth Podcast. I am so excited for today's episode because I got to interview one of my very favorite people on Earth, (laughs) one of my own teachers, Gloria Brachiam. And I was thinking here for a second, I was having a moment sitting, thinking about what I wanted to say about her to introduce her to the show. And I got a little emotional because it's hard for me to express this woman in simple words, what she means to me and how I feel like her teaching has impacted me. I took my yoga teacher training with her a few years ago. And with her and her, um, her partner in teaching through Shiva Kali Yoga. And the education that I received there was one of the igniting factors in inspiring me to step into my, my true authentic self and step into a place where I felt like I wanted to use whatever resources I could muster from inside of me to have some sort of impact on others. So I won't go too much into her story here in the intro because she tells you all about her story from her point of view. And we talk about a lot of really heartfelt topics in this conversation and it's honestly one of my favorite conversations I've gotten to have through this podcast. I just I love this woman. I admire her so much. I'm so thankful that she got to come on the show and I really hope that it touches you all too. Again, if you're someone who is looking for a retreat or if you're wanting to do a yoga teacher training, I highly highly recommend Shiva Kali. I I loved my my three weeks with them it really just expanded me in ways that I didn't realize was possible and set me out um, on this journey and I'm so thankful for for their offerings so I have links down below where you can find Gloria and where you can find Shiva Kali and I also want to ask you all that if you love this episode, if it touches your heart in any way, please do me a favor and share the episode. Maybe send it to a friend that you think needs to hear this. Maybe take a screenshot and post it on your Instagram story. I love seeing those shares and I love reposting them to my story too. It's just so fun. Or however you want to share It helps me get the word out about the podcast and spread my message a little more, which I'm so thankful for. I also want to remind you all before we dive in that I have an upcoming retreat that I'm so excited about. It is from October 10th through the 15th in Iceland, and it is with one of my very best friends, Michaela millington We are going to be doing some incredible hikes around all the beauty in Iceland, and I'm sure you've seen it. We're going to be doing a glacier hike, waterfalls, geysers, incredible views, and we're also going to be doing some really heartfelt practices and getting to know everyone who is also coming on their retreat. We have a great group of people coming, so we're going to be having things like sharing circles, journaling practices. I am teaching a meditation workshop about how you can establish a practice in your own life. Um, I'm also leading a worthiness workshop that I'm so excited about taking all the concepts from my course Worthy and bringing it into a workshop that you can bring the concepts back home into your own life. Michaela is an incredible yoga teacher. She is going to be leading a functional asana workshop, um, how to feel safe in your body through your yoga practice and explore motion and breath in a way that is fitting for your body. So it's gonna be super awesome. Feel free to reach out to me if you have any questions about the retreat. Uh, There's also a link down below in the show notes where you can check out more information. Again, it's from October 10th through 15th. So I really hope that if Iceland is calling to you and some healing and some connection that you check it out and come with us. We still have just a few spots open and yeah, it's going to be freaking awesome. I also want to remind you all that if you're interested in starting a meditation practice or journaling practice I have two guides that can help you a lot with those. I have the Air and Earth Guided Meditations Album and Meditation Guide, and also the Gross Guide that takes the meditations and expands on them with journaling practices, reading exercises, and other relevant exercises that you can do in a variety of topics that will help you tap into more empowerment, more presence, more gratitude, and all of those good feelings. your own life. And since you're listening in, you get a discount. You can get both of those guides for 20% off by using the code podcast 20. You can find those guides in the show notes down below. There is a link for melissamofford.com slash shop. Okay, that's it for now. Let's dive into the episode with Gloria. Hi, Gloria. I first of all, just want to say thank you so much for coming on the show. It means so much to me. You're one of the people who you've completely changed my life. And you're someone that I really look up to. And I can't wait to share some of your story with everyone listening in.
1: Oh, thanks, Melissa. You're just so beautiful. And it's funny because I feel the same about you. You know, when we have these teacher trainings, I really feel like everyone who comes like changes my life every time and mm-hmm. to be watching your path on social media <laughs> we're far away but I feel so close to you and so proud and so inspired by your work and how many lives you're touching sincerely i like want to cry right now Just feel really honored to like interface with you you and your soul and your spirit so.
2: thank you
0: oh <laughs> my gosh I love you so much. Thank you. (laughs) Uh, Okay. (laughs) Uh, We'll just have an hour. This this episode will be an hour of us just like loving on each other. I know we just gushed. Okay, so I wanna I wanna dig into your story. And I first wanna start going back to kind of how you got to where you are now. So you full-time teach yoga, you lead teacher trainings, you lead retreats But before you were a school teacher. So can you talk about that transition of how, how this all happened and how you got called into
1: being a yoga teacher? Oh my God. Yeah. Thanks for asking that question. Um, you know, I feel like as a child, my dream was to be a teacher. <laughs> like that was like my dream dream that was my goal in life was to be a teacher and um somehow yeah what did I end up majoring in I majored in English literature and decided I could be a language arts teacher and I think in 2004 I got my first teaching gig at a high school and it was on the big island and it was in a what what you would call an underserved community it was mm-hmm. Kea'au high school and when sometimes you tell people that you work there teach there today and you know back then they would say whoa, yeah it <laughs> was a rough school and um, i was so blessed to be teaching special ed and i worked with a lot of um, what you would call troubled youth from you know, challenging homes, a lot of foster kids and a lot of kids um on drugs and parents were on meth. Some of the kids were on meth. Um a lot of drug dealers, kids of drug dealers. Yeah. And a lot of violence and a lot of um I would even say some of them just would have brain damage. And some who didn't have brain damage would um, you know, maybe they just weren't loved and supported at home. So the parents weren't around or um Yeah. So just maybe a lot of neglect. So that was an amazing, amazing time for me um, to learn about myself, my own strength, um, my deep well of compassion. I think I came home every day crying. (laughs) Mm, Yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. And part of what I want to say in that path is that um, living on the big island itself, like very rural, um, i was used to growing up in the city, Honolulu. It's still Hawaii in paradise, but um, you know Big Island is still a very different situation. And so it was like a brand new sort of I don't know climate, culture to to be living in. And um, I was living off grid at the time, so that was like a whole other like life school for me. Yeah, you know? I
0: want to talk about that later, for sure. <laughs> I mean, just
1: all of that. So I feel like all of that has really informed and led me to where I am today and why I feel so connected to the earth and um, and why I want to do retreats in in really beautiful places or places that we can connect to the land. Um, and it was a big part of that time. So living off grid. <laughs> I mean, the way we flushed our toilet was with a bucket of water <laughs> and uh, you know, electricity, not so much. It was like we had like one solar panel in our tiny little shanty house that we lived in. It was a, a run down house that we didn't really have to pay rent for. <laughs> and um gosh, some people would have thought we were squatting, <laughs> but yeah. But yeah, but then we like were growing like food on the property naturally. Like we didn't even have to try, just like you know, bananas, pineapples, things just growing in the yard, and we got to just eat off off the land. And then I lived like steps from a black sand beach, and you know, whoever's listening out there, if you're on Big Island, you know, Kehenna. Yeah, we went
2: there together.
1: That we did. (laughs) We sure did. Took a lot of beautiful photos there. So, you know, we all know that it's a nude beach. And, you know, that was just such a magical time for me where I was like, wow, I don't have a lot of money. I'm teaching at this school with like really intense Families intense students and intense parents, intense community. And I get to come home every day and I just get to bathe in the ocean. Literally like we didn't really have (laughs) easily running water or hot water in our house, but the weather was perfect. It was sunny every day and I could drive home and just be in the ocean and Mm -hmm go home and grade papers by candlelight it was such a crazy romantic challenging time (laughs) and really challenging like what it meant for me to be successful Mm -hmm. um what it what it meant in general to be successful or to have money or to like what things did we really need Mm
2: -hmm.
1: what did we really need you know and so anyway so that time really informed um of a lot of how i wanted to live my life and um you know shortly after i moved to a different school that was maybe less traumatic for me (laughs) less violence and less fighting and um and it was called hawaii academy of arts and science and it was this beautiful cute little charter school um a little bit more south of keao and that felt like a mini utopia. It really did. A lot of the students and families were people who I, I want to say maybe hippie and mm-hmm. or had a very idealistic way of living and people who left the mainland and really wanted to just have a meaningful, simple life. And so a lot of us just came together at this charter school um, with like minds on like wanting to love each other. Our motto was there was aloha in education. And we felt like we wanted to honor every individual learner. We wanted to honor the process of lifelong learning. We wanted to um, offer classes and education that was cultural and meaningful and relevant and not just from like a Western point of view education. Mm
2: -hmm. And so
1: we had classes like jewelry making or, you know, welding construction, or we had um, surfing and obviously, you know, and digital media. And so I had the luck of being able to move from teaching language arts, math, science, social studies, to them saying, Hey, Gloria, or in all teachers, why don't you teach what you're passionate about? And so I got to move into teaching yoga and digital media. And you may know this, but me and my sisters had a television show in Hawaii um, called Living Local with the Barakios. So. Yeah. i didn't know that no okay so my my family's relatively known um in hawaii they're on tv and we've had a tv show for about 12 years now um i stopped being on it because i moved away
2: mm-hmm.
1: but, uh, my sisters have still maintained this television show and so you know it's a tv show that's aired um or broadcasted on all the islands and um And so anyways, I had that background of writing and producing for television. And I was able to share that education with my high school kids at this charter school. So that's a a little bit about the story. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Okay. Okay. And then kind of catch us up to where you are now. How did you transform teaching at the high school to teaching teachers and
2: Everything
1: that you do. Oh yeah. Okay. So, I guess my time on the Big Big Island was just about seven or eight years. Um, Just again, really inspired this way of living, a way of being, and sharing in community. Being in that charter school was so much like that. We all really took care of each other. You know, we always would like bring fruits off our trees and share them with each other at school, and um, we take care of each other's kids and. Um, I helped my, my girlfriends or my sister, my sisters, you know, raise their children and, um, be at some of their births and like really Mm. care for each other, you know? Um, and it's a lifestyle that was afforded because like, we weren't living in like this really busy modern city, you know, we all still felt like close to our land and, you know, driving isn't so hard. There isn't like a ton of traffic. Like it's like easy to be like, oh, come over. Oh, let's cook together. Like that was just standard and normal. So I ended up transferring over to Honolulu um, because I had a, a partner at the time and we were long distance. And he was like, you know, my job is here. I'd love for you to come to Oahu. And it was a really... I was at a crossroads um, I just felt like, wow, we've been together. And I feel like, you know, he's worth us being together, even though I was so like fulfilled and joyful about my spiritual community on the big Island and my lifestyle. But I was like, you know what, I'm just going to go as part of my spiritual path and test out my, you know, my school of big islands, my spiritual school and see how I can bring this to the city And so I literally, we lived on the 29th floor, high rise in downtown Honolulu. Yeah. And um, it was hard. It was really hard for me, even though I'm from Honolulu. And maybe because I was from Honolulu, (laughs) it's always kind of hard going back to your hometown, you know? So there were a lot of layers. It was also like opportunity to heal with my old selves or my family, things like that. Um, And then heal myself in the city to see what that's like um, and that was a beautiful time to have a partner and we really supported each other and I was able to teach high school there again as well but also teach at these um, yoga nonprofits so I was able to bring yoga into um, underserved like elementary schools and also I was like teaching like four-year-olds at like these Aww. So I I was like totally teaching kids yoga, but then also teaching, um, yoga and digital media photography at this other charter school called Hawaii Technology Academy. So, and that's where I did actually online courses with the kids. And, um, so yeah, I had a really strong background in curriculum and assessment. And then honestly, Mel, Melissa, what do do we call you these days? (laughs)
0: All of it. All of
1: it. it. Mel, everybody called me Mel at the at the teacher training. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> so honestly, I've really just been—it's been a path of following my heart. Mm-hmm. It's really just been a path of being honest, and I—I want to say this now that I never dreamed that I would be a yoga teacher ever. But I think what I want to say is that I've always known that I wanted to share knowledge and the way that my parents raised me um they wouldn't call it bhakti but i would mm-hmm. raise me in a very devotional way with a lot of prayer and a lot of ritual and a lot of honoring and worshiping and serving god yeah and so to me that is the highest wisdom and so I really believe where I'm at today is me following all my dreams of being a teacher and then teaching the highest wisdom. And it just happens to be packaged within yoga today, (laughs) you know, and I feel so blessed and fortunate that, that, well, I have an affinity for vinyasa and like this physical practice and that vinyasa has Become so popular, so attractive to our Western modern culture that we can use vinyasa as a gateway to people understanding spiritual wisdom. Mm -hmm. And so that's really when I really break it down. That's really why I'm here. I'm not like necessarily passionate about, you know, gymnastics and like arm balances, although I think they're beautiful and flat yeah, incredible. Yeah, I think that is a form of gateway to wisdom and working with mind. Um, but i I also think that, yeah, if our culture thought like praying was hip and trendy, <laughs> or our culture thought, you know, sitting in meditation was hip and trendy, uh, I would be focusing on that because that would be a way that people really want to learn about their highest self. And so I do feel as my journey continues, all of those things are kind of becoming attractive or hip and trendy to people. And so, but this is actually the life I was born into. Like I was out, out the gate, (laughs) out the vagina, (laughs) um, you know, singing, like my family was the church choir. Yeah. Like, and I'm the youngest of ten children. You might not know that. You might know I knew
0: that. Yeah, yeah. And I um, knew that you grew up singing because for everyone listening, Gloria has a beautiful voice,
1: and it's just like she is filled with music. It's incredible. Thank you, honey. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I was I was born into into bhakti, into devotional practice with my family, and so to me, it's not something hip and trendy. It's just something that. I feel has always brought me peace, love, and joy my whole life. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, wait, other people don't live like this? Yeah. Which is why I have like the deepest reverence. We always have our deep reverence for our guru and our teachers. And my deepest reverence is for my mother and my father. Mm-hmm. Like, they, they had the grace and the mercy to gift me with this life to, to know God. Yeah. Yeah you know, to, to love God, to communicate with God. And I know that that's an uncomfortable word for our culture. Mm. And so I don't use it a lot because what is language anyway? Yeah. But for me, that's why and how I've come to be a yoga teacher, you know? Um, And really I've been able to teach at least 20 different subjects, (laughs) like I said, in in between high school and like charter schools and grade like seven to 12, but also working with preschoolers up. I mean, I know how to package information. Yeah. You know, but this, this yoga world, this ancient, you know, Vedic knowledge. um, Oh, and, and Tibetan Buddhism or actually all Buddhism that I've been able to to learn and study and practice I mean this is this is the yummy stuff like I get really yummy about it (laughs) so I don't know if that that explains how I got here but
0: this is why I love you because you're just like let's just go deep now (laughs) we're going deep here's the truth of the matter there's Uh, no like oh like like skirting on the surface. And that's one yeah.
1: of the reasons I really love you a lot. Thanks, Mel. I do want to say, just to, to answer that bridge of how it happened, basically, I was like, you know, you're in Boulder, right? Yeah. And I was like, you know what? I really think I want to do some sort of grad school situation. I'm so passionate about performance and theater. How cool would that be to study theater within like a Buddhist kind of spiritual environment? Mm-hmm. So at some point, you know, I told my partner, I was like, I think it's time. Like, I got to go. Like, I'm done with Honolulu. I just need to do something different. I moved to Naropa, had a deep meditation practice there. I studied contemporary performance with, like, beautiful theater teachers. Um, learned about somatics, voice work, Grotowski method, Roy Hart, viewpoints, like crazy cool contemporary shit that you're not going to find anywhere on the planet. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, you know what? And I really want to dig in more into also like the acting world that where like a lot of action is happening. So I was like, I think I'm just so called to Los Angeles. I got to move to Los Angeles. It's a crazy city, but I just feeling called. Just got to go. Yep. 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 Wrapped up my shit in Boulder. was like, thank you, Boulder. Thank you, Trungpa. Thank you, Naropa. Peace out. Bought a car in Boulder. Drove it to la um somehow manifested two goddess roommates
0: yeah <laughs>
1: with yeah with one woman who uh, or the owner of the house was tibetan buddhist mm. and so we had this it was just such a soft landing um, in los angeles in inglewood no less yeah and um just lived in a really peaceful like spiritual home and oh was able to dive into the acting world. And so I was auditioning and I did theater and I did short films and I did crazy shit, crazy fun shit in Los Angeles. And I want to be honest, I took, I kind of took a break from yoga for about two years, like was just kind of over the scene or at least the scene I hadn't come to know Mm -hmm. through vinyasa and physicality, ashtanga breaking my body. And the gift of acting and performance is really like the losing of self, the losing of self, the attempt of being in other people's truths and really trying to embody truth and authenticity. And I want to say acting is a form of compassion um, and really channeling and walking in someone else's shoes. And so that was like an amazing time of my life. And then somehow (laughs) these people named Kimberly and Jared, um, beautiful, just, oh, such amazing beings on the planet. They were like, hey, we're starting this amazing venture called The Springs in the downtown LA Arts District. We just moved from New York. We come from the Broadway world. We like produced all these big shows like American Idiot, Rent um, and everything in between. And yeah, we just kind of want to, start this business because we're passionate about veganism, raw food, yoga, colonics, and that's what this center is going to have. Somehow, it just landed because they felt like we had a karmic connection. Mm -hmm. We want you to be the director of our yoga and wellness program. And I was like, "Mm, okay. (laughs) Sounds fun. (laughs) And anyways, I want to say that that was a huge... Kind of, I think that was a weird karmic social contract that I had with a lot of people, including Serge.
2: And Mm -hmm. Serge
1: is your other teacher. Um, And he met me at the Springs. And I met a lot of magical people at the Springs. A lot of people like you. Just like a lot of beautiful, like-minded, spiritual people having human experiences in the heart of Los Angeles and met Serge and probably in our third meeting after he went to my yoga and meditation class, he was like, will you lead teacher trainings with me? Yeah. <laughs> and I said, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and so that, that was the big bridge. And wow. since then, Serge and I have been offering about you know three or four trainings a year Mm-hmm. Uh, mostly out of our passion to share the Dharma, to share all of the gifts and blessings that came down from all of our spiritual teachers, from our parents, but also um, through Chögyam Trungpa and Pema Kanjo Rinpoche and Hartong Tulku Rinpoche and Chögyam Trungpa, well, did I say Chögyam Trungpa? Um, right. and, <laughs> and yes, some of them need multiple mentions. Um and just all of our spiritual teachers were just so like rich with their teachings and practices. And we're just so passionate about giving them to people the way you are, you mm-hmm. know, it's like changed your life. And it's like, oh my God, people love, did you not know, did you not know that this was available for you? Yeah. yeah. You don't have to live in pain. Guess yeah. what? You don't have to live in suffering. <gasps> Guess what? You don't have to be depressed. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Guess what? You're not your mind. You're not your body. Mm-hmm. You have a mind, you have a body. Mm-hmm. Right? It's like, oh my God. It's like, you don't know until you know. Yep. And so what a blessing to have teachers, what a blessing to have teachers and then what a blessing to have the teachings. So, you know, I'm preaching to the choir girl. I, know, the, I mean, what you all
0: offer it, it was so amazing how it just kind of fell into my lap. It was right time, right place. and i I would have never have chosen any other training to go to because I mean, for everyone listening, it's this this program changed my life. It changed my life. <laughs> I mean, right away, right away. just how, you know, we're, we're not connected to the outside world during this period. We're so immersed in nature. I think during the, you know, almost three-week period that we were there, I think I was in air conditioning once for about an hour, <laughs> And you know, like I was actually inside like once.
2: <laughs>
0: but just being in the nature, being so connected with people, being so connected with, with ourselves. And then what you and Serge have to offer, how much knowledge you all have just from years of study. And it's incredible. I mean, it's, it's hard to even
1: describe. Yeah. I feel the same, babe. And like I said, it's um, just deepest, humblest gratitude to our teachers, you know, yeah. and that's, that's really it. It's like, Wow you practiced all these years or, you know, some of them in caves and some of them just devoting their life. Like not even a, there's no thought of money or gain or materialism. Mm. They're just studying under their guru. And like, just that sacrifice, like yeah. that, you know, the, this word we use in Sanskrit is Kripa. And it's, it's not just grace. Like you're graceful. No, it's, it's mercy.
2: Mm-hmm. It's like,
1: like, it's just like, I love so much that I'm going to do this path so that I can share it with others. And it reminds me of a lot of struggle you've been through now, mm-hmm. you know, it's like you went through some struggles and you're like, no, I'm going to double down <laughs> <laughs> on the practice. Yeah. Right. And, and know that it works and yeah. go through it, go through it so that I can share it. hmm well, that's one thing that
0: landed again and again and again. While I was, you know, in training with you all, the, the one thing that I felt like you all emphasized again and again and again was service, was loving others. And that was, that was the, the most important goal, you know, was to support and love others well. I'm gonna cry.
1: <laughs> I mean, Mel, it's like that's just a gift if you even receive that message because to me, that is the highest.
0: Mm-hmm. That's the highest. Yeah. And what I've learned, you know, from, from you and from just experience is that through service, the needs get met. <laughs> like abundance. Like it's fulfillment and it's community. It's, you know, everything works out if we can kind of take care of what's going on here internally and then say, okay, how can I, how can I support others? How can I take what I've learned and support others?
1: That's big Mel. And you know, you're living it. And I love that. Yeah. It's again, we're preaching to the choir. It feels, it feels really nice to hear that. And you saying that makes me remember something that Pema Khandro Rinpoche told us. And I think a student had asked her, like, isn't desire bad? Right? And she's like, no. Mm. <laughs> she said, sometimes desire is bad because your desire is too small. Mm. Your desire is just yeah. for yourself. She's like, well, what if your des- desire was for happiness and peace and freedom for all beings everywhere without exception. For all beings everywhere to be free from suffering and the causes of suffering. For all beings to find joy, peace, and bliss and freedom. That's like, what a great desire.
0: (laughs) Powerful desire that will carry you through so much.
1: I mean, every time like, I celebrate my birthday like with friends or family, and you know they always ask me like, "What do you want? What do you want?" I'm like, I want peace and happiness for all beings everywhere. Mm-hmm. That's really my only want. You know, maybe a nice dinner here or there, maybe <laughs> <laughs> a glass of champagne today. <laughs> but
2: you
1: know, no, that's not like a real want. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I just love you so much.
2: I love you too. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
0: Okay. Okay. So, so. So. I was wondering if you. So you are someone. There's something you said. When you were telling your story. And that's about. Being called. So you are someone who truly. You. You have lived in a way that is following. A heart path. Something, you know, and I, something that is laid out for you that is greater than, than yourself. It is interconnected with everyone, you know? And I'm wondering if you would talk about the challenges that come along with that, Mm.
1: as well as the rewards. Mm. Oh, babe. I just want to say it gets better with time. (laughs) Yeah. It's just like it's just like getting good at anything, right? It's like suddenly you f- you float up into handstand. It's like you just practice and practice and it feels hard and you fall and there's self-doubt and there's fear and then there's hatred and there's anger, insecurity, all the fun things. And then it's just like and then those just kind of decrease. They just decrease because you just get stronger at the practice and you just get good mm-hmm. at that posture. Right. The posture of kindness, the posture of truth telling, the posture of being so fucking authentic, mm-hmm. the posture of just like, I don't want to fucking be fake. <laughs> like yeah. you just yeah. don't... the posture of like, I don't want to be superficial. Like, I don't even want to ask superficial questions. Like, I don't even want to go there, mm-hmm. you know. So I do want to first say that it gets better with time um, and with practice. Mm -hmm. And, you know, one word that comes to mind when you were asking this question is um, it's a Gurmukhi Gurmukhi word and it's sunye. Um, It might even be related to shunyata or something in Sanskrit. But this rough translation would be this quality of like the deepest listening. And to me, it's like listening with the ear within the ear, the heart within the heart, seeing from the eye within the eye. It's like that deepest, like what it's like the lowest common denominator truth. Mm -hmm. And so with every decision that I need to make, like, should I volunteer at a Buddhist retreat center? (laughs) Or should I get like a well-paying job? And like, Get a loft or an apartment in the city and like these just like these crossroads I've had to make and I just have a practice of just going in and it doesn't always look one way it could be walking in nature it could be talking to a spiritual friend it could be reading a spiritual book it could be journaling it could be sitting in silence um Or, of course, a lot of mantra and kirtan, which is my regular practice. Yeah. Um, And there's just a knowing that I'm just going to call it that a knowing through deep listening, through sunye, is like, that's definitely not what I need to do. And even though this, nothing really makes like normal sense about it, there is an inner sense that makes so much sense. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And so, I guess what I want to say is the challenges is going through self-doubt, going through what societal cultural norms are, like you're supposed to make money. You need a 401k. You are aging. You should be married. You should have children. You should do all these things, right? And so that can be challenging if you get caught up in outer noise which is why we have practice <laughs> of listening of what we might call meditation what you might call silence or mantra or something like that or yoga and so through these practices of coming back coming to self going in solitude going in silence or however it shows up for you um, you can really sift through Have discrimination, right? Uh, Hi, Uh, (laughs) doggy. He's downstairs. (laughs) Have discrimination or discernment. Like what are, not even my thoughts, because really nothing's mine, but yes, what is the truth for my unique incarnation at this time? And what is the highest and the best? And what's the best way to serve? Usually when I ask these deep questions is, which option will benefit the most beings involved or sometimes it's not so easy and you have to ask which option will minimize harm for the most being Mm, yeah right sometimes we have to ask that and it could be in any situation right like who are we going to rescue in the burning house or you know any of that Mm -hmm. (laughs) rescue in a drowning boat or whatever um but also like should i be in this relationship yeah should i take this job should i actually say yes to this teacher training you know i mean it's it's the whole gamut of questions that that can seem challenging. Of like, but what's true? And so, I also ask myself, like, am I acting out of fear, obligation, and guilt? Right? F O G is yep, false. <laughs> yep. Yep. Right. And so, really digging in of like, okay, is this is this a, Am I authentically acting from a space of of this is the best choice? Or am I operating on old programs that are just like still going to get me into the same mess? of, you know, maintenance and like negativity and anger and, you know, so I, I basically do a whole lot of checking in with myself. Um, And, and then in the end, the practice is really about gratitude. (laughs) You know, the practice is about gratitude because really I'm not going to say that living and working at the Buddhist retreat center is just obviously a better option than having a well-paying job mm-hmm. um, as like in sales and marketing. Like, I, I'm not going to say that this is like an obvious better answer just because if I do, was doing sales and marketing, who's to say how, you know, how amazing that life and path could be in its own way, in its own right. Um, so instead of living in a place of shoulda, coulda, woulda, there's just like I am here now. Yeah. And I check in. Does it feel good? Does it feel right? Am I grateful? Am I happy? And then when I start to feel unhappy, that's my gauge. That's where we follow our heart and our somatic feelings, our body to be like, hmm, something's not right. I'm shifting. It looks like I'm, it feels like I'm shifting. Maybe my time is up at the Buddhist Retreat Center. Maybe my time is up with yoga. That's when I was like, I'm ready to go to acting school. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's like we just have to keep following. And then somehow there's just like this roundabout path. We end up where we're at. And yeah. hopefully we can just always be in gratitude. Yep. Like always be in gratitude. And then fall back on what I call sadhana. Like just still come back to the practice. Whether it's rainy, whether it's sunny, whether we're happy, whether we're depressed, whether we're angry, and then being in the place of the witness, like, okay, there's a part of my consciousness that is really depressed. (laughs) There's a part of my consciousness that's really angry. Right? I'm not angry. There is anger. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, so just constantly using those gauges of like, oh, oh, something's not right. Check in, check in, always checking in. I don't know if that answered your question. It
0: does. It does. <laughs> it does beautifully and profoundly. And yeah.
1: Okay. I feel like I could, you know, I, could, spend I know. Like three, we could elaborate on so many things.
0: I could literally probably just come to Hawaii with you and spend 18 days studying and. and Asking you questions. Oh, wait, I already did that. But anyway, <laughs> so I have, I have one more question for you. Well, I have a lot of questions, but I'm going to ask today. you one more question. For today. for today. For today, I have one more question. And that is, I would love to know what you would say to someone who is listening and who is wondering, okay, so someone who might be feeling stuck or they might be feeling the parts of them that are depressed and angry or saying, wow, she sounds pretty peaceful. (laughs) How do I, how do I embody that a little bit? What would you, what would you suggest? Where
1: would someone start? Hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of what I just said about practice and that I promise you it gets better over time. I promise you that. I'll promise all of you that. Yeah. (laughs) It gets better with time I of practice. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah, of practice, and it's 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 focused practice. It's disciplined practice. And that's why these all these things exist, like sadhana and tapasya, and um, sorry, this means um, like the fire of discipline, right, mm-hmm. or austerities, um, that we can't just be this rambunctious, childish mind we can't just be like, well, I don't want to. Well, yeah, I'm just going to sick my depression. Yeah, I'm just going to yeah. be fucking angry. It's like, or, right? Yeah. <laughs> the or, you can have the choice of like, or I can choose to not identify with my anger. So my easy answer is, I think if anyone's listening to you or us right now, um, they obviously care about their path. <laughs> So if you care about your path, um, to take up a practice. And if that means finding a teacher, finding a teacher like Mel, finding some yoga studio nearby, finding a Buddhist meditation center or a non-Buddhist meditation Mm -hmm. center, any meditation center, and just walking your ass in, either sitting your ass down on a yoga mat or sitting your ass down on a cushion, make that step walk into a church yeah like yeah go and praise jesus like do something that's (laughs) your you know do something that's gonna uplift you preferably not using substance because that is like a quick fix that could potentially cause you more harm over time
2: Mm
1: -hmm. so what i love about these quote unquote, healthier practices is that they're more sustainable. That's what I've seen. That's just what I've witnessed. Yeah, Zero judgment on people who use substance. Let that be their karma. And that's, that is what their own school. Yeah. But from my own personal path and witnessing and working with so many 12 steppers, working with people recovering from meth and sex addiction and cocaine and alcohol they love this path, Mel. <laughs> yeah. They love this path because guess what? Come into the breath. That's my easiest answer. Come into your breath. Mm. As you know, <laughs> that's like <laughs> the main thing I emphasize. Yeah. They're like, come into your breath, right? And if you can't come into your breath, go feed people. Go yeah. serve people. yeah, Go love somebody. Give them a smile. Give them a listening ear. Like, get out of your shit. Right? So, any of those I would offer. Come into your breath. Feed people. <laughs> Love people. Serve people. You know? Yeah, try to do something that's, that's not going to cause more destruction. And um yeah i guess i would say yeah find if not a teacher a friend who who wants to go to a yoga class or wants to go to a meditation center or wants to check out that awesome church or go to a tony robbins event like yeah there's (laughs) so many ways there's so many ways ways. depends on who i'm talking to right in buddhism Mm -hmm. we say there are eighty four thousand teachings um to the same path, to the yeah. same rule rather. And yeah, it depends on who we're talking to. But I guess from what I know, it's how can you come into your breath and your breath can be ooh, the most profound teacher. Is the most profound teacher because we start to really, really listen to like what's going on, what's going on in our body. Are we, you know, bringing awareness and consciousness into whatever the places of pain and tightness and tension that we have? What is this pain, tightness, and tension? Oh, wait, why am I so upset about my ex boyfriend? Why am I so upset about my mother? Right. And so, through the breath, all of these thoughts, feelings, emotions can start to be addressed. Mm -hmm. So, again, Not such a simple answer, but such a simple answer. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So practice and breathe a practice of breathing, have a teacher to support you because guess what? We can't always do this alone. Nope. Nope. No, we can't. I mean, (laughs) it's a night. Yes, we are our own individual selves, but we thrive in community Uh and we thrive with teachers you know like how else are we gonna know if we don't know (laughs) we need someone to shine the light upon our darkness which is the meaning of guru right we need to be brought out of our darkness into the light so Mm, thank you yeah there's
0: there's so much beauty and simplicity and it works it works
1: (laughs) as you know you know this. It really We're, works.
0: Wow.
1: Uh, we see it every day, you know, with your students and mm-hmm. yeah, we've you know, Serge and I have completed about 12, 13 teacher trainings at this point. Yeah. And it's like and I host retreats here at the retreat center almost every week. And we just see it. Yeah we just see it. Yeah, it works. Yeah Keep coming back.
0: Yeah. Exactly.
1: <laughs> exactly you know yeah so I love it and I feel blessed and fortunate and I think you do too
2: mm-hmm.
1: and we we can feel it it's a somatic feeling of joy and lightness of being you can't really fake it I know I know I <laughs> know oh gosh I I think about that through yoga and like the practices like the meaning of enlightenment is to become lighter to lighten your load yeah lighten the darkness like just you know and and I'm not saying that everything is easy that's not what I'm saying at all (laughs) Mm -mm. Yeah. (laughs) yeah what I am saying though is that there are choices at every moment you know, for yeah. you to to drop into darkness or to not. Yeah. And then have fun with it. Yeah. At least you're aware, like, you know what? I'm going to be angry right now. <laughs> That's what I loved about acting. It was like, yeah, I'm going to be this dark character and really feel what it feels like to be someone else and then to have compassion for someone
2: mm-hmm.
1: who in suffering and to just have patience with their process and to love them unconditionally
2: it's a practice it is I know
1: it is (laughs) not always easy to love people but you love people when you don't want to yeah you love when it's hard just just let that be your standard let that be your standard
0: I just love you so much this yeah (laughs) I'm so thankful. I, and honestly, I'm like, I want to keep going forever. But uh, yeah, because I am i know that people listening into this are going to get a lot of value from, from what you have to share, you know? And I really appreciate that. And I personally will always be grateful for the time that I've spent with you and the ongoing connection that we have. And just knowing that you, you know, no matter what, you are one of, you are one of my teachers and you've impacted my life. And for everyone listening in, I will have links down below where you can find Gloria and where you can find the teacher trainings that she leads with Serge, who is one of my other teachers. And honestly, they're, they're incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much, Gloria.
1: Thank you, Now I'm so grateful for you, and um, so many hundreds and thousands and millions of people that you'll continue to touch and, you know, share the light with. I, mm-hmm. I love you. You're so precious. I love I'm you so too. Grateful for the work that you're doing.
0: Thank you. I appreciate it so much. You too. Okay, for everyone listening in, we will end this conversation here. And, yeah, I invite you to, if this conversation, if Gloria's words have really resonated with you, I, yeah, I really invite you to look into her offerings. She's, she's the real deal. (laughs) Yeah. So thank you all for listening in and see you next time. Thank you for your time, babe. Love you. Love you. Bye.
2: Bye.